The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call produced to you by the Institute of Responsible Wealth, and this is your host, Frank Congelos. Our guest today is Dave Suki, Vice President of CNA Financial Group. Dave, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you with us this week. Thanks, Frank. Always a pleasure to be here with you. So, Dave, you know, it's been a crazy year. You know, we had an election, we got a change of politics, mm-hmm. we have a lot that's going on. And in the light of all that, we're sitting here, the end of November, looking at December, and it's time to really start doing some planning and also pay attention to some of the planning still for 2016 to make sure that we maximize our benefit plans at work and we set up for a really good, you know, good 2017 and we maximize everything. So with that being said, what I think we should do today is maybe just do a little review for all of our listeners on just certain things that they need to be aware of for year end and then also to set up for a great 2017 to make sure that we get everything in place and that they do their planning benefit wise and everything else. So with that being said, Maybe we'll just start a little bit on medical benefits, and mm-hmm. I know it happens to be an area where I spend a little bit more time. So I'll highlight a few things that are going on. So as it relates to deductibles and coinsurances, uh, some food for thought is if you've already met your deductible mm-hmm. for the year and there's procedures or things that you have to get done or you want to get done, my suggestion would be is try to get those done for year mm-hmm. end because once we hit the new year, deductibles start over. Now, on the other side of that, if you're about to start a procedure, if you're going to have something done physically and it might extend into the new year, if physically, you know, it doesn't you know, affect you and you wanted to push that claim off to next year, that that might be something you might consider doing so that you get your deductible. It, it would be a shame to do your deductible now and then have to do it again in another three or four months or two months or whatever. So I would tell you just coordinate that. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing for coinsurance because benefits don't carry over typically right. from one year to the, to the next. They start over year by year. And when we think about that, here's a couple of other things that people should be aware of. One is, is if you've contributed to an FSA, which is called a flexible spending account, or if your employer contributed to a health reimbursement account, yep. HRA, not HSA, those benefits are use it or lose it benefits. What that means is that they have to be utilized in this year. They don't carry forward into the new year. However, health savings accounts, which are called HSAs, those benefits do carry forward with you and you keep those benefits for right through until you actually they utilize them for medical benefit, you know, for medical expenses. So just to give you a little insight, again, just as a quick review, health reimbursement accounts and flexible savings accounts that you have through employers need to be utilized by year end. Health savings accounts do get carried over from year to year if you don't use them. So you don't have to cram any benefits into there. And Frank, um, um, one thing of note on the flexible spending accounts, I believe is accurate too, and you'll confirm this is, the child care, right? If you're putting money away for child care costs. Yes, got to use it. You got to use it. So you got to make sure before the end of the year, if there's bills or an invoice you need, got to get that to the where your money's going so you can get a check. Perfect. And they reimburse you for it. So, Perfect. 
So, you know, when you, you think in terms of that, you want to make sure that you're maximizing these benefits wherever possible. It's the same thing, by the way, dental insurance is kind of interesting because mm. dental insurance, again, is a deductible, coinsurance and so forth, starts over every year. But what's interesting on dental insurance is, is that most dental plans have annual caps. The cap could be a yes. thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand. So what happens is, is if you haven't hit your cap yet this year and you need procedures done, you might do what you can this year already. Or if you've already hit your cap and you need work done and that work can wait till the next year or till 2017, just by timing that is more efficient with regard to maximizing benefits and you know getting the most that you can out of there for you and your family. And then the next one is 401k. And Dave, maybe you take a few minutes on yeah. 401k and the retirement side. So I think most people are aware, if they're not, we'll remind them that the, the maximum this year you can put in a 401k is 18000 if you're under the age of 50. Okay, If you're over the age of 50, you have a catch-up provision. You can put in an additional six. So you can put up to $24,000 in the 401k this year. That's going to stay the same next year. So for 2017, those limits will be the same. Okay, Things that we'll like to coach people on is you know, saving money is critical. Right, Frank, to any good financial plan, it starts with savings. So if we can encourage people to this year as they're looking at their goals for year end, okay, or going into next year, maybe they can just make a, a little shift. Increase it by 1%. So if they're doing 5 or 6% of their salary, and that's all they can do, all right, try to do 6 or 7% next year and, and get that one, we call it a 1% shift, Frank, right? That just little shift that over time makes a big difference. You know, I call it like in holiday eating. That one little shift for me was avoiding that extra piece of bread. You yes. know, it's like yes. just a little shift, a little out of time. But in staying with that, Dave, because it's interesting in, you know, what you're saying with regard to, you know, increasing and so forth. You know, one of the things that we advocate is, you know, what we call tax diversification. Yeah. So a lot of times what I'll tell someone is, you know, when you look at your 401k and you're setting up for the new year, you know, it's often a good idea. You want to get that company match as you can. Yep. And then you want to also have some tax diversification. Tax diversification meaning that your 401k is often pre-tax. Mm -hmm. And you could do some post-tax savings as well. So, you know, I always say don't put all your eggs in one basket. We don't know what the future is going to hold in the area of taxes. Yep. And people, I think companies are, are educating more on that, Frank. I know the ones we work with, right, we handle them here. We're definitely sharing the difference between a pre-tax contribution and a post-tax one and the effects long-term, you know, whether you're going to pay taxes at retirement or on, the, on some of the money and pay no taxes on a portion of the other money. It's a great point. And, you know, even you know, when we're talking about that, you know, one of the things that, you know, from time to time I'll talk to people about is the fact that, you know, as we get older, the tendency is we tend to have more medical issues that go on. You know, it's like an old, older car. I wouldn't call it an old car. <laughs> but as our car gets older, it tends to need more service, has more expenses associated with it. Well, our health often does the same thing. So when I was mentioning before those HSAs, you know, for an individual, you know, last year it was $3,350 uh, maximum. For a single this year, it's 3400 But on a family, it's $6,750. And to put away that 6750 if you're in an HSA plan, is really a good idea. To me, it's as important as doing 401k. And the reason being is there's statistics that come out and they show you that, you know, during retirement, approximately a third of, you know, retirement assets could be spent on long-term care or on medical oh, yeah. benefits. Oh, yeah. 
So when you look at these HSAs, I would say don't kind of, you know, look and say, oh, that's not for me. It's like, oh, that could be a part of your long-term planning. Even though you're healthy today, you might want to save some money for your health care costs tomorrow, yeah. which is where HSA fits in, right, with 401k and also with regard to non-qualified doing other things outside of 401k that have great tax benefits. And there's a variety of those mm-hmm. areas that you can work with. And we'll talk about that on another show. But one of the things, Dave, I'd like you to maybe address is asset allocations, because our asset allocations that I might be doing in different time frames in my life, such as retirement, or if I was planning for my kid's education or planning for a wedding or planning for different things, how would you address some of the asset allocation decisions that we should be looking at? As we start, you know, planning for the new year and we look and we say, oh, 2017 or 2016 thus far has looked like a fairly good investment year, depending upon where you put your money, of yep. course. Yep. But how should I plan going forward? What should I be thinking about? Well, Frank, as we've spoken before, you know, in previous shows about where where the returns in the market come from. Right. And, and how to, uh, you know, everyone wants to know where should I have my money? Where should I have my money? And yet the key is to have your money diversified, okay, in an asset allocation that touches the entire market as a whole, all right, or what we refer to as all the different asset classes, okay? We look at a lot of 401ks, right? I just, in fact, had a meeting this morning with with somebody um, who's in the 401k, and they weren't even clear on where their money was invested. So I would say step one is know where your money's invested. Know the difference between if if you have money in large cap, okay, versus small cap. Okay, understand there, there is a difference, right? You have money in bonds versus stocks. There is a difference. So for listeners, I would say understand, and most of them probably understand the difference, but then sit down and need to have an asset allocation conversation either with a professional, okay, or there's plenty of articles they can read about that, that asset allocation is really the key to long-term growth in their 401ks. Well, the studies show that how you allocate your portfolio is 94% of the return yep. that you're going to achieve. Yep. So having, you know, and I, I do suggest, you know, what I question, they should always do it with a professional. You know, it's not, it's not to the light of heart, you yep. know, and, or to faint of heart, but always have some guidance on there of someone who, you know, can assist you with that. But one of the things that I find is, is that sometimes when people are doing their allocation, they, they'll do one, they'll, you know, they can go online, they do this yep. risk tolerance, and they go, oh, that's my allocation. Well, that's not necessarily always true. And the reason why I say that is, is that, you know, my time frame has a lot to do with how my allocations might be. So as an example, if retirement is my longest term money, and the reason being why I say that is because retirement brings me to retirement and through retirement. Yes. So if I'm, say, 50 years old and I got 15 years too, and then I might have 20 years or 30 years or whatever in retirement, that's very long term. So I might be a little more aggressive with longer term money, assuming I could stomach that. Yes. Versus if I've got a child that's going to college in five or 10 years and that money is going to come due sooner, I might have a much more conservative allocation there. So what I would just say is as you know, people are setting up for the new year, understand the timing of your different pools of money and what it's intended for and your allocation working with your professional um, should be able to help you with that. And then, Dave, maybe you can just touch on as we're kind of wrapping some of this up. We talked in our show today about benefits at work, 401k, things of that nature. How do you play that to their personal planning? 
you know, such as their insurances or things of that nature, what would be some of the suggestions well, you would make? Well, well, we all have benefits. Uh, most of us have benefits, Frank, that are offered through a group, our group benefits, group life insurance, group disability insurance, right? Okay, besides the medical package that we're offered. Right? And what we'll see a lot is um, people won't be clear on what they have through the group and then how to coordinate it with what they do personally. And we're, we're constantly coaching on that in terms of if it's life insurance-based, Understand what you're trying to protect. We're protecting our income, okay? And the loss of that income and the financial ramifications it would have to the loved ones we leave behind, all right? So there should be a coordination between, hey, if the group gives me a couple times my salary and then personally I carry the, the rest to make sure I have what's referred to as my human life value, which is, you know, the amount that I should, the appropriate amount to have in place to protect my income to my family, okay? On the disability side, same thing. Okay, a little different in the fact that, okay, you, you know, disability is different than death, as we know, okay, but the group benefits have definitions in them, Frank, that dictate whether you are going to get paid or not under, the, under their disability policies. Important to read that stuff or have a professional read it to help you understand, because people get disappointed at the time they think they'll be collecting something and get told they're not, and it's in black and white in some summary somewhere that no one ever shared with them. Well, you know, as you're saying that, you know, one of the things I always you know, tell people is, is that, you know, group benefits are not permanent. Um, meaning, you know, you leave your job, you, you know, you, you retire. Oftentimes those benefits are left. Yeah. Or, you know, because of cost. You know, there's been employers that I've seen over years who have cut down on benefits and they said, oh, we're going to eliminate this benefit or that or we're going to raise deductibles high or reduce maximums. So I always tell people is, is like group benefits are a wonderful benefit to have if they're provided to you and they're inexpensive mm-hmm. or whatever, but they're not really that benefit that I think that you count on for that long-term, long you yep. know, aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And my suggestion is always you should have your permanent or your personal benefits, which if you can afford them, should be permanent, that you can maintain them whether or not you're working, whatever yes. the case might be, but they should be something that you can keep you know, right to and through retirement as yep. well. So that's just a little you know insight on that. And then, you know, Dave, we're getting into that holiday time of the year. Oh, yeah. And you and I talk about this oh, every yeah. year for everybody, which is, you know, we start coming up to the holidays and next thing you know, we start this, you know, we get all caught up with the emotion and, you know, I'm, bu- I'm buying for this one and then I think <laughs> I need to spend equal for that one. And then I do all of this shopping and doing you know everything I can, and I feel terrific until January and February yeah, comes, comes and I got what we call the holiday hangover. So maybe you might just want to give a little insight as to you know some of the thoughts with you, regard to not overspending and making it a great holiday, but a, a rough start to the new year. Frank, driven all by emotion, right? Spending is driven mostly by emotion, okay? Yes. Um, so at this time of year, it... it it's just simple. Be real clear. We call it a spending plan, right? So when we sit down with people and discuss cash flow for the year yep. and what their what their resources are, have a spending plan. You should. You should have a plan in place. That have a budget. A budget that allocates money for this stuff. Okay. It helps avoid, like you said, with the food in the holidays when you went in with the intention of not having that extra piece of bread or whatever. Same thing when you're buying presents for your loved ones, having the intention of Here's what I have to work with, and I'm going to stick to it. And when it, in January comes around, you'll be much better off. That hangover is you know, not there. And you know, Dave, the song says, 
He's making a list and <laughs> checking, checking it, it twice. twice. <laughs> so when we sit there and we're making a list and checking it twice, it's like we should be doing that so that we're looking at, you know, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to do some holiday shopping, it's like, okay, what am I buying Where and, and so forth. And even maybe do a little homework. Should I be buying it online? Perhaps I can get a better deal. I yeah. mean, yesterday was Cyber Monday. Monday yeah. Or, you know, should I do a little research and actually go out and check the stores or, you know, look online to see where I can get good and, sales and save some money. And let's not get into the paying for it more than what the original price was, Frank, because if we extend it on credit and now that $100 gift cost us, by the time we're done paying it off, $200, that that adds up a lot. And we know, obviously, we see it every day. Sounds great. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Dave Suki's been with us today. Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you, you know, Frank. Dave often is hosting this with me, and this has been Frank Angelos. And we'd like to wish all of our clients, friends, families, and all of our community a really happy and blessed holiday season. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a happy, healthy, prosperous New Year. Dave? Uh, Frank, thank you very much, and everybody have a great New Year. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.